Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host. Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show for small business owners. I'm Pat Miller, and hey, ironically enough, I'm a small business owner, so we kind of get one another, right? This is our weekly opportunity to work on the business, not in it. And on today's show, we're going to answer some tough questions, going to solve a few problems, uh, and I guarantee we're going to have some fun. Here's a question. What should you buy when it's time to go to a trade show and you need some swag to give away? You know, swag, flyers, frisbees, pens, pencils, those kinds of things. Like, what do you buy and what works and what's totally tired and played out? Caitlin Penny, who is an expert on this, she works with Copper Theory Creative. She's going to come on the show and answer that question for us. We're also going to dive into our emotions as small business owners, because, uh, you know, it can get kind of tough running a small business. Like it can be ups and downs and quite a roller coaster. Krista Morrissey from Choices Coaching and Consulting is going to come on and talk to us about that. And I'm going to talk about the AI Challenge Week that's coming up soon inside the Idea Collective for Small Business Owners. Now, you've heard about AI on every plugged-in device possible. Every influencer, every creative, they're all babbling on and on about AI. And if you're like me, you're kind of resisting it. Like, would you just shut up already? Right? Have you reached that point with AI? Like, it's another flash in the pan. Well, I've been diving into it. And I can tell you with authority, this is a little different. But we're going to have a conversation about AI and what is hype and what isn't and why you should care. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. But we're going to start here and solve a problem with a question I was asked. The question was, when does this whole small business thing start to feel a little bit more comfortable? Because I just started and it's really hard. And when does this get easier? It seems like a simple enough request, right? When does running a small business get easy? And as someone that has run a small business for coming up on five years, I can tell you, spoiler, it doesn't. You never really get comfortable. At least I never really have found comfort in the day-to-day operation of my small business. So let's start here. You need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. But that's not really an answer. The question was, when will I find some comfort in the day-to-day operation of my business? So I will answer it this way. I don't know if you'll ever find comfort because there are always variables changing. However, you can find stability. And stability can be as good or almost as good as comfort. 
So if you ask me, hey, Pat, how do I find stability in my small business? And we'll just all kind of pretend that that's comfort in your small business. So here's how you find stability. The best way to find stability is to make sure that you're doing something that people want. In the tech startup space, they call that product market fit. That you're creating something or you're performing a service that people want. They know it works. They'll say that it works. It's profitable when you do it. Now you just need to go out and sell it. But finding that product market fit, that can be tough. And if you're like me, you'll find three, four, five, six, nineteen different iterations of what you do before you nail it consistently. So the first thing is to find something that works, something you can sell, something that people enjoy, and something that kicks off a profit. The second part of finding stability in your business, which is almost as good as comfort, is to be able to generate attention from the people that you're trying to reach. That will start by going out and networking with people, being able to introduce yourself, being able to meet people, and have them remember you as the person that does the thing. That will also turn into marketing, being able to go on social media or run advertisements that remind people that you're the person that provides this product or service that they need. Then it will turn into referral sources. As you're working with your clients and they're loving what you're doing, they'll be able to tell other people that you're good at it. And then the last piece would be recurring revenue. You sell someone something and they keep on coming back for it. So if you can get to these two things, you're going to feel pretty stable. You're going to have a product that you know that works. And when you sell it, you make money huge. And then you're going to have the ability to tell people what you do. And it's going to be repeatable, end up in referrals, and maybe repeat business. Those are the first two big steps to have a stable business, which is almost as good as feeling comfortable. Then short and long-term financial security. When you can get through this step, you will feel stable and you will feel comfortable. What makes up short and long-term financial security? In the short term, quite simply, you can pay the bills and you can get paid. I mean, let's just stop there. I sell a product and I sell enough of that product and there's enough profit coming from that product that I can pay the bills and pay myself. Yahtzee! Like that is success right there, being able to do it. However, you need to go further than that. You're not slowly going down the stair steps of debt, right? You're paying yourself, you're paying your bills, but maybe not every bill each month. And that credit card balance is starting to creep, 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 creep. Or your line of credit is getting smaller, smaller, smaller. You're still paying yourself. It still feels like you're successful, but there's a leak in the bucket. That can happen. It can happen quickly, too. So it's something you have to pay attention to. So you can pay the bills and you can pay yourself and you're not slowly going into debt. Once you go through that window, you can start looking at long-term financial success and security. So you are reaching financial goals. 
you don't have any debt on the business maybe, or you've now got a proper marketing budget so you can really pour gas on your lead generation and growth, and you're finding growth opportunities. You're, you're saving up enough cash so when an opportunity presents itself, you can jump on it. That would be long-term financial security. And the best piece of a long-term financial plan for your small business is simply a cash reserve. Can you have an account that has 60 days, 90 days, 120 days of operating expense and paycheck saved up? So if everything went dry, you could have three or four months of operating and paycheck saved up in advance. How good would you feel? How stable would you feel if you had that? So again, stability against comfort, that's the way to do it. So if you can build all of this, this is the big finish here. If you can build all of this while still doing exactly what you love, as far as I'm concerned, that's winning the small business game. I've been saying that a lot, winning the small business game. And it's true because when we start a small business, what do we want to do? We don't want to work for someone else. We don't want to be someone's employee. Man, I'm totally unemployable. Could not go back to a boss if my life depended on it. We want to be independent. We want to do what we love. And if you can do exactly what you love and make your clients happy and turn a profit and pay yourself and build a marketing plan that works and not go into debt, and then start building short and long-term financial security, that, my friends, is winning the small business game. So you may not ever find comfort, but you can find stability. On today's show, we have a wide variety of topics. We are going to go through the ups and downs of running our small business. Not the business side as much as the emotional roller coaster that we feel every single day as small business owners. We will talk with Krista Morrissey about that. We will also preview our AI Challenge Week for the Idea Collective for small business owners. This one-week challenge is going to get you up to speed so you can start saving time and money. But next, we're going to answer a very common question. Hey, Pat, I'm doing a trade show and I need a piece of swag. What should I buy? We'll ask Caitlin Penny next on The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey. So make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414 414- 310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey. 
So bring along a trusted sidekick. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show. This is America's small business conversation, and the show is designed to help you get further in your business. Sometimes that means making a great first impression that can lead to a long-lasting sale and customer. And sometimes that starts by putting a piece of swag into somebody's hands. But what do you buy? And what shouldn't you buy? So we're bringing in an expert, welcoming back to the show, Caitlin Penny. She's the brand specialist and founder of Copper Theory Creative. Caitlin, hello, friend. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. How are you? So excited to be back. I'm excited you're here, too, because this topic is something we all have to face at one point or another because we do trade shows or we do golf outings or we want to do a client thank you gift. And the idea of what do I order? How much do I spend? How does this work? It's a very common question. So when someone comes to you, you know, marketing brand specialist, I want to do swag for my small business. What do you tell them? Well, I guess first and foremost, ask what their budget is. That's a big deal when it comes down to it. And that doesn't mean that, it, you know, if you want to spend 500 bucks, if you want to spend 5,000 bucks, I just want to know just so we can kind of put you in the same, in the right place and figure out what works best and what has the most functionality to make your brand shine wherever you are. Let's start with this question, because I think the effect of swag, there are different <laughs> outcomes. It could be a reminder. It could be a reinforcement of the quality and standards of this brand. Is that something else that you have to consider about what your budget should be with what you're trying to say by giving someone a piece of swag? Well, I think first and foremost, you definitely have to make sure it's unique to your brand and unique to the people that are about to pick it up and have it in their hand for a few hours. Um, I think definitely what works best for the event and functionality for. So to give you an example, I have a client who is a financial advisor. He is the golfer's invest investment advisor. Wow, it's a lot. So say that five times fast. So <laughs> he works with a lot of golfers and he has a smaller budget. And that isn't a bad thing. But if you think about it, when he's on the golf course, he's making deals. So what works best with golf? We've got bags, we've got golf clubs we've got those little cool topper things that can be animal shaped um but honestly it came down to what is the most reasonable and what he can afford right now that will that will make sense and so he ended up doing golf pencils and golf pencils are you know 30 cents and so it yeah. doesn't have to be a huge investment it just has to make sense and it has to appeal to your clients i mean they're going to use the pencil anyways yeah and that brand fit that idea that it says something about what you stand for, and how you're different. How different is different? Have you ordered any crazy things before or off-the-wall kind of pieces of swag that made people go, oh, that's cool? So within Copper Theory, since my last name is Penny, hello. Okay, so we did <laughs> custom um, pennies, so circles of copper that are essentially, you know, not a real penny, but it's my penny, and I give them to all of our customers as a keepsake. And it says Copper Theory on them, but I also give them to my um, team and it says something special on each one of them so they can actually have it on their desk and know that they're working for Copper Theory since we all work remotely. So it's just like a little reminder that, you know, we love you. 
What kind of swag would you recommend we buy? So 83% of people say that they would be more likely to do business with you if you gave them a piece of swag versus the person that didn't. It really depends on where you're going and what you're trying to accomplish with it. So, for example, I went, I was a, sp- a speaker on stage at a conference a couple of years ago and I made tote bags. Tote bags don't really have anything to do with my brand. Really, I don't sell clothing and things like that. But our tagline is go change the world in your own way. So I actually made a graphic of that because I thought about the the outcome of it. So people would more so walk around with something that says go change the world in your own way on it than copper theory creative. Well, it did say it in the tiny corner in the bottom. They actually ended up using it to carry around everyone else's swag at this event. Um, so think about how that could work out for you and and how it was just cool to see everyone walking around with my name on it. <laughs> 100%. And you bring up a very interesting point. When normal people like me go and buy swag, we want my logo as big as possible. But you said something very smart, kind of just haphazardly. What would they carry around? What would they show off? And that's not the name of my company. It's something else with the name of my company on it. That's a rule to follow more often than not. I think absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of just think of the bigger companies like Nike. People people are accustomed to wearing that now. And, you know, it is a little swish mark. But that little swish mark, most of the time it says just do it on there. And and so it it kind of gets people excited. And then they realize who you are as a brand as as a whole. All right, let me ask you a few specific questions because these are the commonplace swag issues that people run into. I've got a booth. I'm at a trade show. I need something to give to people. Are there any old reliable standby swag items that you believe are still effective for trade shows and those types of booths? Well, I know that owning a business is pretty stressful sometimes. And so a good old piece of swag is a stress ball. You walk around with it. It's like, you know, I think the the modern day version is a fidget spinner, right? And so you have your logo on that stress ball. It costs almost nothing. People are more likely to grab it because they get to have something in their hands to interact with. And then meanwhile, they've probably looked at your logo 46 times in the past. (laughs) (laughs) And so they don't realize it, but you you just did a good job right there. Let's go to the other side of the fence. What is played out. Please don't order this anymore. People keep on buying them and nobody cares. Are there any, you know, just dated swag items that you just wish would go away forever? So I don't know if I would say go away forever, but the pencils or the pens and the notebooks. Um, So overdone unless you're a copywriter, right? It makes sense. So that's okay. But if you're not, it just seems like the easy way out. There's so many other options that you could possibly choose. My newest favorite, I haven't really found a purpose for it, but uh, the old school aluminum lunch boxes. I mean, hello. Like you could do a whole design on there with your stuff. <laughs> you can get those made with your logo on it? No way. Uh, that's That's really cool. Any final thoughts on swag if you're a small business owner? Something that someone needs to ask themselves or be aware of before they go place an order if they want to get results out of buying swag for their business? Make it something memorable and 
make it something that reinforces the message that you're trying to convey to your audience. Great guidance and something that we should all keep in mind when we go out and buy swag. And the one question that I didn't ask, but Caitlin offered to me before we started, sometimes it's hard to find a good fulfillment partner. Where do you order it from? How do you find someone that you can trust? And Caitlin said, hey, listen, have people hit me up. I've got vendors. So if you're looking to buy some swag, we'll put Caitlin's contact information on the patmillershow.com website. So if you want to know someone you can trust, Caitlin will hook you up. Caitlin Penny, brand specialist, Copper Theory Creative. As always, thank you for coming on the Pat Miller Show. Thank you. That's one of those topics that you do not think about until you're sitting there staring at the website where you order your swag and think, oh my gosh, what should I buy and why would anyone care? Thank you, Caitlin, for coming on the show and giving us some ideas of how we should think about it next time we have to buy swag. We're going to change gears now and talk about our emotions, the ups and downs of running a small business. Coming up next with Krista Morrissey on The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting. Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Act now. Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's small business conversation. And if you've heard the show at all, you know that it's not just dollars and cents on this show. This show is about the small business lifestyle because it's more than just selling stuff. It's more than just making widgets. We are people who are trying to make our dreams come true. So every time we get a chance to talk about more than just business, I jump on it. And joining us today is Krista Morrissey, the Chief Growth Officer for Choices Coaching and Consulting. 
And we're going to have, I think, what's going to be a really fascinating discussion because we're going to talk about our emotions as a small business owner. Krista, welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to have you. Yeah. And this conversation is definitely important. So we spend all of this time worrying about strategy and tactics, but we seem to never really talk about our emotions as small business owners. Why is that? Well, it's not a it's not a comfortable spot to be in. And there's no solid measurements tied to emotions. So how do you put a KPI to an emotion? You you can't. But our emotions feed the success of every KPI and, and, and feed the success of how we show up. And so, Pat, what I what I say is every leader is rooted in a person and every person is rooted in a life. So when I coach executives or work with executive teams, I work with the people, not the position. And if you think about business owners, we're thinking strategy, measurements. There's people or a person who owns the business. And it is often our emotions that inhibit the success of our business plan, our strategy. Is it also possible that we don't talk about this much because it's not scalable? There's not a one-size-that-fits-all answer when it comes to dealing with emotions as an individual? Oh, absolutely. It is so individual. And again, it's uncomfortable. There, there is not a strategy or a system or standard process. It is different for you. It's different for me. And six months from now, what worked for you today will be different six months from now. And yeah. as small business owners, we hide the fact often that we're scared or we're insecure or we've got a fear. Well, when we hold on to them, they play directly against our plan and our vision and our dreams. So we usually talk about strategies and tactics, but we're going to delve into this squishy underbelly yeah. of our emotions here. Yeah. So when it comes to dealing with our emotions, when they pop up and bite us, you've got a four-step process to help us deal with it. So share with us what that process is and how we should think about dealing with our emotions inside the business. Great. I want to tee that up, Pat, first by saying, uh, the words you use, use you. So the minute you have a thought, it triggers a feeling. And that feeling drives a behavior. What people don't understand, if it's a negative thought, it creates a negative behavior. That negative behavior feeds another negative thought. So we're caught in the cyclone. And so I often tell people to move. Because if you change your geography, you change your perspective. So move, get up and move. This is, this is the only call today that I'm taking uh, from this orientation in my office. Every call is different. I change my geography. I change my perspective. It's the same with our emotions. And the last thing, Pat, before we talk about that four-step process is as small business owners dealing with our emotions, it can only be an inside-out journey. Because the story on the inside becomes our journey on the outside. So that's why I say be careful of the words you're using because they use you. So when it comes to emotions, if anybody listening to this has had children, when they're toddlers and they want your attention, they're pulling on your pant leg and mommy, mommy, <laughs> daddy, daddy. Yeah. And all you have to do is look down and they're happy and they run away. And we're wondering as a parent, what did they want? They just wanted 
our attention. They wanted to remind us we're here. Our emotions are very similar. They come into our life to keep us safe. Instead of dealing with them, we pack them away. And when we do that, they think, oh, Krista needs me. I'm just going to take up residency here. So the four-step process uh, makes you get real and raw with yourself. Number one, name the emotion. You literally say, name it. What is here? So what is here? And for some of us, we can feel it in our body. A client said today, oh, it's in, it's in my stomach. Great. What is it? Are you saying give it a literal name, like a person's name, or, oh, that's anxiety back again? Correct. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to use that word, Pat, because that takes your brain completely in a spiral. I'll say, I'm feeling resentful. Hmm. So I feel resentful today. Or I'm sad. Or I'm nervous about something. And so you've just named it. So you're being true with yourself what's here. And then the next truth is, why is this here? It, it can only be there because of a story you told yourself. And every time we see and hear something in the world, we run it through our filter in life. And our filter is the number of years to this point. And it's full of values and boundaries and biases and beliefs and experiences. And the filter is correct. Yours is correct for you. Mine is correct for me. But that filter creates a feeling based on the story we told ourselves. So the first thing is to name it. Give it a name. name. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling upset, whatever it might be. Okay, so that's the first thing. What's the second thing? Get clear on why it's here. So that is, what is the story you told yourself? Okay. And sometimes in that, we can determine if it's true or not. Don't have to. But at least to the third step is show gratitude. Our emotions do help keep us safe. So I would say, I said it was resentful. So I'd say, what am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling resentful. Why is that here? Well, for the second week in a row, for some reason, that networking group didn't hand me an invitation. So the story I told myself is, they don't like me. They don't want me. My business isn't yeah. good enough for them. It's not big enough. They know I'm not making that much money. All these stories. Well, then when I get honest with it, I can just say, hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for keeping me safe because our emotions wake us up. Talking with Krista Morrissey, Chief Growth Officer of Choices Coaching and Consulting about a four-step process to deal with our emotions. Name it, identify the story that got us here, and then the gratitude piece that just seems like a different way to go about moving forward when you're feeling that way. Why does gratitude work on step number three? Oh, yeah, it keeps your emotions above the line. It keeps you in a state of positive, happy gratitude, thankful. Hmm. You know, if I say, oh my God, I can't believe I'm resentful. It's here again. Where does that take me? Down. And it's going fil to filter how I view the world. So I say to uh, my resentfulness, hey, thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks for having my back. And then you roll right into step four, which is you give it permission to leave. So I say, hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for having my back. But I've got this. I'm good. And for me, the cherry on the Sunday is I have to say bye-bye. And I, it literally walks away. And people will tell you, you can feel the weight. Wherever it's at in your body, you can feel it shrink. You can feel it lighten uh, because it no longer has such a strong hold on us. 
So by the time you name the emotion, I'm feeling jealous, you have the story of why you're feeling jealous, you thank it for being there, so you put a positive spin on it, and then you visualize giving permission to leave. I've heard people who do meditation have a visualization of something floating away or walking away, or is that what you would recommend? It is. You can do both. Um, Some people just want to visualize it. For me, I visualize it and I say it in my head, or if I'm by myself, I just say, thanks, got it, bye-bye. So when you have this practice down, you've got this four-step emotional guardrail installed into your business as a business owner. What does that allow you to do? Why is this thing so important? Again, it keeps you in the positive, the happy mode. To me, I say it it keeps you in the hopeful mode. And hope for me is a flourishing of everything. It is a flourishing of humanity, relationship, your business. When you lose hope, where's your business going to go? And so if you're hopeful that I can figure this out, I've got, you know what? I'm going to call and talk to that group to see if I can get some help because I'm stuck here. We, um, we do not go into the protective mode when we're in positive and happy. Really, the neuroscience behind it is our brain gets bigger on positive and happy. We can take in more information, we can retain it longer, and we can recall it quicker. When we're not in that happy and positive mode, we, we can't see past today because we're in the survival mode. We forget about our vision and our dream and taking a step toward that every day. As we grow our business, emotions are everywhere, and you can either deal with them or not. And this four-step framework will get you further down the road. Krista is one of the best. Krista Morrissey, Chief Growth Officer for Choices, Coaching and Consulting. Thank you for the four-step process, and thanks for coming on The Pat Miller Show. Thank you for having me. Running a small business is a roller coaster, and hopefully that conversation will give you some of the tools you need to deal with the day-to-day variants. We're going to talk about AI, no hype, just facts, and how it can save you time and money next on The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. You have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner, you keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? It's live events. Owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field. That's where Bankable Events comes into play. Bankable Events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events. With more than 4,000 live events under their belt, they have the expertise to design face-to-face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits. The minute you partner with Bankable Events, they'll start creating a custom customized strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303-550-1123 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1,000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to America's Small Business Conversation. This is the Pat Miller Show. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. We need to talk just for a second about AI. And before you press the button, we're going to talk about AI without hype. And we're going to address this thing head on. Because if you're a small business owner, you need to be saving time and money around every corner. And these products, AI as a whole, are getting people excited 
because I think they're finding ways to make profit using it. So if you're like me and someone is on the radio and they say, here's a way to make profit, my little doggy ears go up. Huh? What? Profit? So let's have a for real conversation about AI and what's going on. Inside the Idea Collective Small Business Incubator, that's our online community connecting small business owners so we can beat the odds of small business. We're going to do an entire week of content on AI. We're going to talk about what's really going on, what is chat GPT, why should we care, all the other tools that are out there, and then we're actually going to do some training on how to use it. So that is coming up. And as I'm talking about this and, and learning about it to be ready for this challenge week, I'm realizing that every single thing is talking about AI. You open the refrigerator and the refrigerator starts talking to you about AI, like everything is talking about it. So before we get into it, I want to acknowledge two things. One, way too much hype. I get it. And two, if you're sitting there thinking, hmm, AI, stupid, humans are going to change the world. You're exactly right. Humans are going to change the world. But here's a tip, and you can't deny this. Humans change the world faster and better when they have the tools to do so. And AI is a massive, game-changing tool for you as an entrepreneur. So yeah, there's too much hype. And yeah, humans are going to change the world. Given, agreed, bought and sold. But you need to pay attention to what's going on because it's going to help you work faster and better. So what is going on and why should I care? Okay, AI on the whole gives you an opportunity to have a second brain, a complete second brain on demand, and you can talk to it like a normal human. There's no need for programming it. There's no need for knowing exactly how to talk to it. And specifically, I'm talking about ChatGPT, especially now that ChatGPT is up to 4.0. So if you're kind of not up to speed on what's going on, Imagine a search engine that you can talk to it in normal language. It will understand what you're saying and then give you answers back in normal language. So it's kind of changed the second brain because you can use it to brainstorm. You can go to it and do what I did yesterday. Okay, pretend you're my dietitian. I'm going to go on a lower carb diet what kind of food should I keep in the house? And it didn't return a bunch of websites that I should go visit to find the information myself. It understood exactly what I was talking about, and it kicked out a big list of food I should keep in the house. Then I told it, put it in this order, fruits, vegetables, meats, dairy. Why? Because that's the order of my grocery store. When I come in the grocery store door, there's the produce, then the meat counter, then the dairy. And it did. And then I told it, beyond these items, what else should I consider keeping in the house? And it kept on walking with me and adding context and meaning to what I was trying to do. Now, that's just a very silly example of my own stupid diet. How could you use that in a business context? You could go in and say, hey, I'm trying to reach homeowners because I'm a mortgage broker. 
What are some things that are on the minds of homeowners when they hear mortgage broker? Now, you might think there's no way a computer could answer that. It can, and it will, and it's creepy. It will give you really good answers. And I find that when I ask it something, four of the five answers, yeah, 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 I thought of that, thought of that, thought of that. Ooh, I didn't think of that. And this is where the humans changing the world part comes in. It may tell you a lot of what you already know, but it's going to share something you hadn't thought of. The other thing that it's doing now, besides brainstorming and framing things up, is perspective. And this meaning thing really is incredible. So I tried to think of a very emotional prompt to see how it would do. So I went into chat GPT and I said, listen, you're a doctor and your patient is going to pass away tonight. You have two sentences to share with them. What would you say? Now, could you imagine Google answering that? In fact, I went to Google and asked that exact question, and it returned a National Health Institute PDF that was literally 40 pages of information. Here's what ChatGPT returned when I asked it, what do you tell your dying patient? It said, as a doctor, you would say, and this is exactly verbatim with no editing, I'm truly sorry your time is drawing to a close, but your strength and love will live on in those you've touched. We will ensure your comfort and the presence of your loved ones in these final moments. A computer wrote that with that prompt. And then I thought, okay, let's see how its perspective is. You're a patient that's going to die. You have two sentences to share with your family. What would you say? As a patient, thank you for a life filled with love and beautiful memories. Carry my love with you and continue supporting each other. Embrace life's journey and remember that I'll always watch over you in spirit. Come on. A computer wrote that. That's the type of perspective we're talking about. It's not kicking back SEO garbage results out of a Google search engine. It's actually thinking about what you need and delivering what you want. I'm telling you, there are infinite use cases here. And if you start playing with it, you will save time and money. That's why we're doing the AI Challenge Week inside the Idea Collective. It kicks off April 17th. You owe it to yourself to become a member and to check it out. Let's do this week's show you should know, powered by Podcast Town. Podcast Town helps busy small business owners grow their business through podcasting. They help you launch, grow, and maximize your podcast. Learn more at podcasttown.net. On the Culture and the Future of Workplace Culture podcast, they talk you through how to build sustainable people practices that will move your leadership and workplace culture forward. They challenge thinking around talent engagement, leadership, and strategic planning, and share tangible ways to take immediate actions that improve your culture and your bottom line. Find the Culture and Podcast and other podcasts on our show webpage, patmillershow.com. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. I'm going to go play with ChatGPT some more because it's too much darn fun. I'll see you right here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests 
events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for the Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.